Hey, welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. I'm honored that you're taking some time to listen to this. Every Monday, we'll be coming to you answering questions that you submit. Feel free to send in a question, hashtag RG Podcast, and we'll be talking about stuff in the church, in the world, and of course, in sports. Really glad that you're here. Sweet. Check, 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 check. Check, check, check. All right, round three, Rusty George Podcast. How are we doing this week? Doing great. Awesome. That, now, your Chiefs, how'd they do yesterday? They did not do well. They did not We do did well not yesterday. score a touchdown, thus we did not win the game. Thank you. <laughs> That's kind of key to uh, winning football games. It right? helps. It really helps to score. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your predictions, real quick, for Super Bowl right now? Um, I'm still holding out that this is the Chiefs' year. Still, still holding out. Just yeah, I think it's our faith. year. Okay. And uh, as far as the NFC... <laughs> Wow, I gotta go with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, that's not a bad pick. Larry Fitzgerald's here. So. Yes, I think so. All right. Hey. So we talked about um, tithing yesterday. Yes. And um, you know, when you give, then you know, God basically invests back, you know, into your life. Right. And um, so, real quick, just kind of explain. I know we've talked about this, you know, before in real life, so people aren't, you know, complete strangers to it, but. Um, how is discipleship connected to your finances and money? Yeah, I think that's a that's the thing that we often miss. This is bigger than just a, a money issue or an amount issue. And I think for years I was always scared to talk about tithing because I thought people aren't going to like it. They're going to get mad. They're going to leave. And I had a pastor friend tell me one time, here's the thing. Um, money is a discipleship issue. And if Jesus said, you know, where your treasure is, um, there your heart will be also, uh, it, it really is tied to our finances as far as our faith. And if money is the thing that causes the most divorces and causes the most arguments and the most stress and the most misery, then certainly we should talk about it. And if Jesus said, um, that it's easier to get a camel through the eye of a needle than a rich man into heaven, um, which we're all rich here in America. Certainly, he's pointing out that money is a big distraction for all of us. So the best thing we can do is get that right with God. If we do that, then it it really helps our discipleship level. We grow in Christ, which was the text we read yesterday from Mark, where Jesus talks about the sowing of seed and how the worries of life, the lure of wealth and deceitfulness of things chokes out the word of god in our life yeah yeah it's so it's it's kind of ironic a little bit that people have this inherent skepticism when people talk about money in church mm-hmm. i don't know if it's just because they kind of grew up on mm-hmm. these tv evangelists that are just always asking for your right. your money so they can bless you or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but it, you know it's such an intricate part of our everyday life i mean people are checking up on their you know, portfolios or checking up on their Vegas bets, you know, they invest in so much right. every single day that they don't even give a second thought to. Uh, and then they come to church on Sunday and it's like all of a sudden they don't want to hear it. Right. Um, so it's just, it, you know, we it's something that we have to address because like you said, it's a discipleship issue. And um, for many people, it's where, you know, things start off because if they don't get that part right, then they find it hard to get other parts of their spiritual life were. Right, right. Typically we do one of two things. We either lean on God and ask him to bless our money, or we lean on money and uh, you know expect that to be our God. And that, that seems to be the, the way that we often do it. Um, 
we, um, you know, if money is this huge issue for us that we're always wrestling with, you're right. Why wouldn't we want to know what God has to say about it? We just, we grew up with a couple of mindsets. One, um, that the Bible has nothing to say about real life. And so why would it have anything to say about our finances? And two, anytime a pastor talks about it, he's just after my money, which is growing up in the 80s with the yeah. televangelists. Yeah. And and I certainly saw enough of those programs to be skeptical. Or we've heard enough horror stories of pastors running away, running away yeah. with the money and and uh, <laughs> you know misaligned spending and all of that. And that's why we just do you know a thorough um, job with everybody's finances here at Real Life. No one's left alone with the money. Um, there's a team of people that manage it. Um, there are uh, we do self audits. Um, we do everything we possibly can to make sure everybody knows where it's going. You get an annual budget report at the end of each year, um, and that's that's just kind of the way we've always done things because we do think it's not just a discipleship thing; it's a stewardship thing as well. Yeah, cool. So you mentioned Joel Osteen kind of jokingly in the oh, message, yeah. and uh, I know there's a lot of people who like him, and that's you know neither mm-hmm. here nor there. But what separates this kind of message of when you invest and God invests? What separates that from that kind of what's often tagged as prosperity gospel? Right. Yeah, I think prosperity gospel is the whole you give to get. Mm. You know, the only reason you're giving is to be able to get something. Um, and I think that's where some of those guys have crossed the line. And I'm not naming names or picking on anybody, but I know we all have thought about yeah. prosperity gospel from the standpoint of, you know, this idea of money. And I think the difference is if. If you witnessed uh, the message yesterday, I listed out and used objects for the multitude of ways God blesses us. It's not just finances. Sometimes it's longevity of things that we'll have to pay for if they if they break. Sometimes it's our health. Sometimes it's um, business. Sometimes it's peace of mind. And, and with every investment we make in God, it's the understanding that it goes to help somebody's eternity. So I think that's what's bigger than prosperity gospel. It's not so much you know give to get, it's we get to give. And as a result, God blesses us and changes our lives. Yeah, yeah. So many of our students too um, and our young adults are kind of graduating college with more and more debt and mm-hmm. speaking you know, from personal experience here and as a part of that generation. Um, how can we, like, you know, we're wanting to be the future of the church in, in this kind of financial situation coming out of college with, you know, thousands of dollars worth mm. of student loans and in debt. Um, how can we shape the future and how can, how can this principle actually help that and how can we stay faithful in that in our present situation? Right. That's, that's a great question. And I think not only are students facing that, but you have a lot of young married couples that are facing that with mortgages and sure. and uh, all kinds of debt that we acquire along the way. Then one day we wake up and realize, oh my goodness, I want to get right with God and tithing, but I've got so much debt, I, I, I don't know where I could even find that 10%. What I always encourage people to do is um, do what you can and move towards what God wants you to do. Uh, one of the most common questions I get is, okay, 10%, is that on the gross or on the net? <laughs> um, which I always have a, had a pastor friend that would joke and say, do you want a net blessing or a gross blessing? Um, I'm not going to go that far. But what I'd say, what I always say in those situations is start with the net and move to the gross. And I think the thing we have to understand is, that, you know, it has to be priority, meaning it's the first money to leave your hand every time you get paid. It needs to be percentage. Um, there's a percentage of, of what, what it is you make that you give back to God. And then finally, it's progressive. 
You know, um, it's quite common for those of us who have been following Jesus for a long time, been tithing for a long time, just to get stuck in a rut. And now you think, well, I've paid my dues to God. I've paid my bills, my 10%, when God's saying, hey, grow in this. Uh, Timothy, or Paul says to Timothy, grow in the act of giving. And maybe 10% is way below where God wants to lead us to. So back to your original question, with those who are really, you know, kind of overwhelmed with debt, I would say there's always something you can give up for something you love more. And I would say give up something in order to start giving that to God. And God will honor that and then progress as you move towards the ability to tithe. One of your lines that you always you, you know, say, you've said before, I, you, know, you say, I don't want something from you, I want something for you in mm-hmm. this. And many people get confused because they see tithing as this kind of rigid commandment that God made in the Old Testament that we're still bound by today. And they almost separate that from giving in general mm-hmm. um, or period. In other words, they think that uh, I'm not giving unless I give 10%. Um, mm-hmm. Or they think that all that's that all they have to give in order to kind of be in the club and mm-hmm. check it off the list. There's kind of those two, ex- two extremes. So can you explain why tithing is not an obligation and why that kind of thinking is flawed mm-hmm. a little bit? Yeah, I think that tithing is our opportunity to partner with what God's doing in the world. And it is also an opportunity for us to loosen the stranglehold that money has on us. It is a strange thing. The moment we begin to give money away, the less we feel like we need it, the less dependent we are on it. Um, and it really releases that that pain that a lot of us have when it come to fi- comes to finances. It's what keeps us up at night. It makes us nervous and pop tums and stress and drink and all kinds of other things. When really we have a chance to be free from all of that if we prioritize our giving to God first. So it truly is something that God wants for us, not just from us. God is doing okay without our money. He wants us to be able to be free from the worry and the stress uh, that that comes with money. Um, Money for many of us is another God. Um, You think about things like um, an addiction, like alcohol or drugs. Um, The reason uh, we can't break free from those things very easily is because they are not merciful gods. God is a merciful God. And so when you shift your obsession to him rather than your money, then he's merciful to give you freedom from those other things as well. Um, So money becomes this thing where God is really willing to bless us, but it does require us to take some steps on our own too. And somebody, finally, uh, last question, somebody asked online today, they said, you know, what about when it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. You know, we hear all these success stories of checks in the mail and raises and bonuses, commissions, extra Chuck E. Cheese tickets, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, what about when you give and you're still losing your house? I mean, you're still really taking a hit and, and kind of suffering through it. What would you say to somebody going through that situation? You know, the first thing I would say to anybody, regardless of whether or not their situation is good or bad, is if you want to notice God, you've got to count your blessings. And I would just start a blessing journal. I'd start writing down everything in your life that you feel is a is an added gift from God. I'd start with the very fact that you have breath in your lungs, that you woke up today. I'd move towards that you get to live in America, um, that you get to live in California, which is a, a, a real gift. Um, some of us wish less people lived here, but uh, <laughs> it is a, a true gift to be able to live here. Um, but also, you know, just looking for everything in your life that is an, an added gift from God. 
I think you begin to see your life differently, for one. People, you know, we have houses that come and go. We have cars that come and go. Uh, we even have health that comes and goes. Uh, what lasts forever is God's uh, love and our eternity with Him, His impact in our lives. And sometimes in losing things, we find something greater that we, you know, that God has prepared us for. I'm not saying you lose your house so you get a bigger one. I'm saying you might right-size your, your mortgage. You might right-size your relationships. God might move you to a different neighborhood where He allows you to share your faith with somebody and change their life forever. Uh, we never know exactly how God's blessings are going to show up. I, and I listed, I think, about six things that God uses. Money is only one of those. Uh, many of the other things are are intangibles that sometimes we can't even see, but the knowledge that we're investing in what God's doing that lasts forever, not just for a 30-year mortgage. Uh, yeah. Any last comments that you'd like to share with the audience? I would just echo what I said yesterday, and that is just give it a try. Yeah. Uh, I've never known anybody who started tithing and then stopped. Once you start it, you begin to figure that it's a real gift. Uh, it's a real blessing. Um, I always find it interesting. There's usually two groups of people. One group says, I can't afford to tithe. And the other group that's tithing says, I'm just so blessed. You think about that. And it's the people that have decided to start doing this that really are counting their blessings, seeing what God is doing. They think, why would I ever go back? Because God truly does outgive us every time. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. Thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. And as usual, thank you, Rusty, for the wisdom on the topic. Thank and, you, Josh. Uh, yes, sir. And uh, we will see you all next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We're really glad that you chose to be part of the podcast. Again, submit your questions to hashtag RGPodcast. And we'd love for you to go to iTunes and to write a review of the podcast. That helps us out so much. Spread the word, share it with others, and we'll talk to you next time.